So um, whatever God does today, it's about the Spirit doing because I, I, all I had time to do was grab a sermon from my file cabinet and drive to church real fast. So, but God placed something on my heart that I knew was real. And I asked him, Lord, speak to me so that you can speak to your people through me. And so even though this is a last minute kind of thing, I, I pray that you will um, be attentive to the word today. We're going old school. Anybody remember what this thing is? Okay, yeah, it's called the Bible. And uh, I used to ask our congregation to uh, say what? Read your Bible. And uh, we used to say that a lot. Uh, today you get a chance to turn on your phone, your iPad, whatever you have, and uh, pay attention to the word today. Um, I, I have this um, people... I've been preaching for 45 years, and I am still anxious and very nervous about preaching any time I preach, so, um, which happened very much so today. And the reason that's the case is not that I'm not confident in God or in my ability. It's because I recognize the enormous responsibility of translating God's word to you. Uh, that's not a small thing. And so you can be praying for me as I have been praying for you throughout the morning uh, to receive uh, this word. So if you'll just bow your heads with me. If you feel comfortable extending your hands to just show a sign of receptivity to the word of God today. Father, I, I just pray, first of all, for Mikhail, Lord, that uh, this baby will just be chirping and happy and be able to come home today. Pray that there will be nothing serious wrong with him. I also pray for Sam, who as a parent will feel badly about this. May you calm his spirit and bring peace into his life. And for mom, for Liz, Lord, we pray that you would give her your confidence and peace as well. So now, Father, I pray that um, as this word goes forward, that you would help us to receive it uh, into our minds, into our hearts, into our souls. That this word would be your word for us today. May you bless the people here at Hope Covenant Church. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. So how many of you like to be blessed? Okay. Oh, good. Seven of you. Uh, the rest of you are not paying attention yet. I'm going to ask you to help me here. Come on. Okay. This is, <laughs> I saw the sermon like three months ago last time. So, um, yes, we're going to talk about blessings today. Now, when you think about blessings... We think about the things that we want. Um, I want to be blessed financially, right? And we want to be blessed with good health. And I want to be blessed with above average children. And some of you have hit that mark, some have not. Um, I want to be blessed with a new car, a higher paying job, a dream house, perfect parking place so I can abuse my credit cards a little bit faster than I normally would. I mean, these are some of the things we ask for and pray for, but I'm going to ask you to look at something different today. Something that you may not think is a blessing. Things that God wants to bless you with that you may not have considered blessings before. So let me ask you a very important question to clarify. Is there something significant in your life that is bothering you? Something that in our world, in your world, isn't right or isn't fair. Something that troubles you. 
Something that keeps you awake at night. Something that you pray about often. Something that disturbs your spirit. Makes you miserable in a good sort of way. Uncomfortable. Stirs within you. If that's you, I want you to know that you are blessed. You are blessed with a burden. God has given you a divine burden that reflects his heart, his character, his nature. Years ago, Bill Hybels wrote a book entitled Holy Discontent. That's what I'll be talking about today. Blessed with a burden. Now, I, I see enough um, white hair out there to know that some of you are going to get my illustration. Sherry always says, honey, you can't use illustrations from the 1970s. Okay, well, this is going way back. How many of you remember Popeye? Okay, okay, even young people have seen Popeye. Okay, good, good. So Popeye was awesome, right? The cartoon started in the 1930s. And uh, Popeye, what was his uh, cutie pie's name? That he, olive oil. She was a hottie back in the 30s, right? And the bad guy was two names, Bluto and Brutus, different times they changed him. And so what would happen is that Brutus would make a move on olive oil and Popeye would observe that. He wouldn't like it. And Brutus is not being very nice to olive oil. And so after a while, he'd get angry and he'd get angry and he wouldn't know what to do. And then finally he would say, that's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. And then he pops a can of spinach, throws it back, and then he goes all over Brutus and beats him down and just takes care of him. I mean, I love that. He said, that's it. No more. I'm done. I'm finished. You've pushed me too far. That's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. Well, my prayer today is that God blesses you with a Popeye-sized burden. Something that is wrong in the world that God wants you to help make right. A holy Popeye moment. That's it. So what's going to happen today is I'm going to use three questions related to three Bible stories that will help you identify or define your divine burden, your holy discontent. The first question is this. What is it that breaks your heart? What is it when you see a certain group of people hurting or a certain thing going on in the world your heart wells up. It becomes heavy. Lord, what can I do? What should I do? This isn't right. This isn't fair. This does not reflect your heart, Father. What should I do? Well, there's a beautiful story in the Old Testament. If you have your Bibles, to turn to the book of Nehemiah chapter 1. And I'm, gonna read, I'm not going to read the whole story because of time's sake, but... I want to remind you of what this story is about. So uh, a couple of guys from Judah, where Nehemiah is from. Now Nehemiah is with Artaxerxes the king. He's in his kind of parliament. And they travel back. He says, hey, how are things back home? Nehemiah says to these guys, they're not good. I mean, the wall, I mean, the people are constantly under duress. They're constantly under being invaded. The walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. Everything's in a mess. It's horrendous. It's terrible. And so this is what we read in chapter 1 of Nehemiah, verses 3 and 4. 
They said to me, these two guys, they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. Some of the people that had been dispersed, the Israelites that had been dispersed, were now going back to Judah, okay? Things are not going well for them. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, Nehemiah writes, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days, I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Nehemiah was blessed with a burden. And it was an impossible burden. Artaxerxes really didn't care about the Israelites. He didn't care about the Jews. He loved Nehemiah because Nehemiah had worked his way up through the ranks, right? But he didn't like all the rest of this stuff. But he had enough love in his heart for Nehemiah that this transpired a little bit later. Nehemiah goes to Artaxerxes. He recognizes it and said, this is an impossible task. There's nothing I can do. I'm, so, I'm hundreds of miles away from Judah and from Jerusalem. I don't know what I'm going to do. So uh, Artaxerxes says to him, uh, how come you're so sad? Why are you so sad? He said, well, and explained what happened to his people and to his homeland. And Artaxerxes said, this is amazing. A, a pagan king says to Nehemiah, what can I do? Is that a miracle or what? Nehemiah says, well, you can let me go and take care of that problem. And you can send with me all kinds of supplies, you know, to, to rebuild. The, and that's exactly what happened. This burden turned into a miracle that changed the future of the Israelites. It was just really a remarkable thing. God had blessed him with a burden. Okay, so what are some other blessings like that from history? How about um, 500 years ago? 1513. Martin Luther. Martin Luther's teaching a group of young priests from, he's kind of a seminary teacher at that time, teaching these young priests. And he come, comes across Romans 1.17. The just shall live by faith. And he says to his class, no, wait a second. There's something wrong with this. That's what the Bible says, but I've been told all my life that the just shall live by obeying the church. The just shall live by obeying the Ten Commandments. The just shall live by obeying the Pope. The just shall live by doing what the church tells you to do. And yet right here in the Bible, it says the just shall live by faith. That spark in Martin Luther became the Protestant Reformation. It changed everything. Now you got to remember, Martin Luther, till the day he died, wanted to be a good Catholic. He wanted the church to be reformed. That didn't happen. He was ostracized. He was, you know, beaten. All kinds of stuff happened to him. But that one verse used as a spark to change the world. We are a product, right in here, of the Protestant Reformation. How about 200 years ago? A man by the name of William Wilberforce, a Brit, decided that what he saw around him was absolutely horrendous. And that was slavery. Africans stolen from their home for the past 200 years and then used in slavery throughout Great Britain. He fought against that. He went to the House of Commons. He went to the Parliament. He did everything in his power to change that. William Wilberforce died in 1833. August 1st, 
1834, slavery was abolished in Great Britain. That was a man who was blessed with a burden, and the world changed because of it. How about 60 years ago? Martin Luther King, his famous speech, you know, I have a dream. And yes, his dream was that all races would be united together. And even though we have made some progress, we still have a long way to go. But that dream turned into a burden, a blessing. Ultimately, it cost him his life. What burden has God blessed you with? Now, it may not be something life-changing like those illustrations, but it could be very personal. Let me give you an example. When I was 18 years old, I was a freshman at San Diego State University, and um, my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, who I loved, was dying. He had emphysema, had smoked all of his life, 69 years old, he was in a hospital and very near death. Now, Grandpa Price was the one that every Sunday when all of our family and my grandma, we lived next door to them, we'd walk to church. We could walk to, to our church. But Grandpa never went. And throughout my childhood, I'd ask, Grandpa, how come you don't go to church? Well, I'm just too busy. I've got things to do. He was a carpenter and a cabinet maker. And so, okay. But I found out later, he told me, no, really, I just don't believe in this Christianity stuff. It's not for me. It's good for your grandma, good for you kids, just not for me, okay? So that was Grandpa's thing. Well, now he's dying. And as an 18-year-old, I have this burden inside of me that feels like it's going to explode. I can't bear the thought of my grandpa not going to heaven. I can't bear the thought that he will pass into eternity without knowing Jesus. And so even though I was a very shy kid and I was very kind of uncertain of how to do certain things like this, I went to Grandpa in his hospital room, and I said, Grandpa, can I tell you about Jesus? And so I stumbled through the Romans Road. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but you can get lost on the Romans Road, and I got lost. And, and, you, and I stumbled around, you know, John 1 and all that, and finally I just came out and said, Grandpa, Grandpa, please, would you consider asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior right now, right now? And he said, Sure. <laughs> and that knocked me over, you know. So we prayed this humbling kind of goofy prayer. I didn't know what to say. And Grandpa right then and there said to Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. Three months later, he died. And thank God for the parable that, Je that Jesus told, right, that even the people there at, la at the last minute can still get the same salary, right? So I knew that Grandpa was in heaven. But I was blessed with a burden. You know what? That, since that time, when I was 18 years old, that has been my life's verse. Even though at that time I wasn't called to the ministry yet until I was 21. But uh, Galatians 4.19 has always been my life's verse. For I am ever in labor till Christ is formed in you. In other words, I, ever, I feel the pain inside of me. When I was your pastor, I feel the pain inside of me until Christ is formed in you, until you're a fully devoted follower of Christ, until you've said yes to Jesus, until you're taking steps closer to him. I feel that for my kids. I feel that for my grandkids. I feel that for my neighbors. I feel that for my church. I am ever in labor till Christ is formed in you. God has blessed me with a burden. What has he blessed you with? What is it for you? Jim and Debbie Sellen were blessed with a burden to minister to the Navajo 15, 18 years ago. 
Is it human trafficking? We had a woman in our church, Joyce Vogt, some of you remember her, who was burdened with human trafficking and got our church involved in human trafficking ministry. How about clean water? Racism. How about the neighbor next to you that doesn't know Jesus? Unwed moms. The portion pandemic. World hunger. What is it that breaks your heart? Second clarifying question. What is it that makes you angry? Now, I'm not talking about an annoyance. You know, somebody turning on their phone in a movie theater. I'm not talking about something that annoys you, but something that you've become righteously angry about. When Jesus was in the temple and overthrew the, the, the stands, right? What is it that makes you righteously angry? I know God is not pleased with what I'm seeing. I know that. A good example of that is, is in Exodus 2 is Moses. Moses grew up in the palace. Uh, he was favored child of the Pharaoh. Everything was going good until he noticed the hardship that was placed upon his people. He finally discovered that he was Hebrew born and his people under tremendous hardship and persecution. Death every single day. And he was blessed with a burden. How can I help my people? Now, he started off in the wrong way. He killed one of the Egyptian slavers, right? That wasn't the way to do it. That's not what you're supposed to do, right? But he knew that he had to do something. Forty years in Midian, in the wilderness, uh, kind of got him prepared. God gave him a focus. He said, I want you to go and what? Set my people free. God blessed him with a burden. And it came out of this anger that he had in the way that his people were abused. 1994, uh, President Clinton invited Mother Teresa to the prayer breakfast. Big mistake, <laughs> if you're trying to be politically correct, right? She didn't care about politically correct. Well, so Mother Teresa gets up there, you know, she can't even see over the, the podium, you know, she's four foot nothing, and uh, she starts talking, and then she goes off on abortion, and you know, all of, many of the liberal people in there were kind of feeling uncomfortable. What do we do with our hands, you know? And President Clinton was going, oh, no, I'm in trouble. And, and so they're all going, and so she keeps, and she keeps pouring on. And finally she said, uh, when I see humans discarded, I feel fury inside. When I see humans discarded, I feel, she was blessed with this anger. And, every, and then she followed up by saying, every abortion is the denial of receiving Jesus. She was blessed with anger. What is it that makes you angry? Well, the third question is this. What do you care about that others don't? Or they don't care about that much? Maybe there's something in you. And by the way, if you're blessed with a burden, don't assume that everybody should have the burden just because you do. It's your burden. Use it. Do with it what you need to do, right? But don't assume that everybody else. I remember Joyce Vote thought everybody should see, feel the same way about human trafficking. Well, we all hated it, but not everybody wanted to get involved in it, right? So don't do that. But uh, what is it that you care about that others don't? Do you see how much this matters? Maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's new believers helping them uh, taking one step closer to Jesus. Inner city kids, homeless, single moms. How about this? Uh, years ago, uh, there was a woman in our church, uh, Joan Maloof, and uh, she had a ministry to Sonny's Strip Club on Arizona Avenue. 
Now, I'm not going to ask you if you know where that is because that might say something you shouldn't want to know. But, but most of you know where that is. If you don't know, good for you. Don't worry about it. But it's a strip club on Arizona Avenue, right? Right in the middle of downtown Chandler. And uh, she used to go there and minister to those girls. Remember, remember that, Yvonne? She used to go and minister to those girls. And then we were having a, our first Easter in the park at Tumbleweed Park, our first Easter of 2008. And we did Easter there. We closed the doors of the church on Easter. How do you like, I, I didn't get fired over that. I don't know how. But we went to Tumbleweed Park to do Easter. She invited these, they wouldn't have come to the church. But they came to the park. And they sat through the message. And those three girls gave their hearts to Jesus that day. Because Joan was blessed with a burden that you'll never even consider. But she was blessed with that burden. What is it in you that maybe others don't care about that you really care about? Now, here's what I'm asking you to do with this whole three questions. First of all, pray through them. What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that makes you angry, righteously? And what do you care about that others don't? What is your burden? Now, I'd love you to be able to say when we're done here today, you know, uh, my God has blessed me with a burden, and it is, and you can fill in the blank. And some of you need to have the courage to say, I don't feel like I have a burden, and maybe I need to ask God if he wants to give me a burden. That's dangerous. Don't do it if you're weak. Don't do it if you don't have a lot of faith. God, do I need a burden that you want to give to me? Now, I'm going to take a risk here, and just for a moment, I'm going to ask you, to do something uncomfortable, a couple of you that want to, to speak out loud and say, God has given me this burden and tell us what that burden is, okay? Is there just a couple of you that want to say that? In the first service, we had that, so just speak, say out loud, yeah. Okay, thank you, outstanding. What else? Pardon me? Abuse, right? Yes, Mona. Win one more for Jesus. And we could go on and on. But God, because Mona's been, you've been involved in that, involved that ministry since Jim Blackburn started it, right? A long time. You know, and like my burden has been with me since I was 18 years old. What burden has God blessed you with? For me, I am ever in labor till Christ is formed in you. Now, God has, loves you so much that he's entrusted you with a piece of his heart piece of his heart. Something that bothers him, troubles him, he's placed in your heart that bothers you and troubles you. Now, sadly, there are wrong ways to handle these burdens, right? Um, one wrong way to handle your burden is to complain. Whine, gripe, you know, the government's this and the president's that. And by the way, uh, what Brandon said earlier really matters in an election year. I know I was at Grace Covenant Church in Oro Valley at the last election, and I heard people bickering after service. And so I told them in no uncertain terms, again, as a transition pastor, you can get away with stuff. And also because you don't pay me anything, I can get away with stuff today. Anyway, so uh, I told them, listen, don't you dare use your passion up on politics, save your greatest passion for Jesus. 
Save your great, uh, some of you are going, mm, no, save your greatest passion for Jesus. You're not going to find the truth on CNN or Fox News. You will not find the truth. Save your greatest passion for Jesus. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. So people complain. Well, this, the government, this, that, the other. Like, Okay, can I say respectfully to those of you who are complainers? Stop it, okay? Don't do it anymore. Turn that into something that God wants you to do not complain about. We had a woman at our church in Lakewood. This is back in the 80s, Lakewood, uh, Colorado. And she was really burdened by the abortion pandemic. Uh, it was much more of a thing in the 80s than it is today, even though it's just as real today as it was then. Um, and she was burdened and she would talk about it all the time. And she'd complain about this and that. And I told her, I said, listen, Pray and ask God what he wants you to do about this. Your complaining is not doing anybody any good. This makes, you, that makes people walk away from you. She said, okay. She opened a house for pregnant girls. And she ran it. And she ministered to those girls. And she made a huge difference in their lives. So, complainers, stop it. Okay? Do something else. Another way that you can handle our burden the wrong way is to ignore the burden. Now, I granted, I know what happens after a Sunday. You might feel God's Spirit speaking to you, touching your heart, something that we've talked about, something in the Word, and you okay, and then you go home and you watch two football games and you totally forget about it. I understand that. That happens to me. I've confessed to Doug. I said, I really liked your sermon. And then an hour later, I said, what, 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 what was it? What did he preach on? So we all do that. I'm not saying that. But I don't want this to go away. You can still think about your burden during the commercials. Okay? I guarantee it. I, could, I do that. Right? I want, do not ignore your burden. Don't change the channel. Don't divert. Don't distract. Don't detach. Don't ignore your burden. The third thing is this. Don't, don't appease your burden. Uh, don't just throw some money at it or throw a prayer at it. Don't, don't appease your burden. The, these are all dead ends, and dead ends usually make dead hearts. God has blessed you with a burden. Embrace it. Go Popeye all over it. Okay, so pastor. Okay, I was telling somebody the other day. We've got enough Bible inside of us. All of you do. What we need more, and this is what Jesus always talked about, Jesus wanted you to have more application. <laughs> you could, the devil knows more Bible than you do. Okay? What we need is application. So, what application? Two thoughts from the prophet Isaiah about application. The first is this. Let your burden wreck you. Let it ruin you. Let it keep you up at night. Let it be in you so much that you pray and pray and you still don't feel good about it. Let your burden wreck you. Years ago, um, a woman in our church, her name is Renee McCumber. Some of you might remember her. She watched a television commercial about children in India who were starving. Okay, this is maybe 10, 15 years ago. Now, we've all seen those commercials, right? Sally Struthers commercial, all those things. We've seen those commercials. We, we know them. And most of them say, yeah, okay, yeah, but we, we ignore them. She didn't ignore it. And she let that be a burden. And it grew inside of her. And she started talking to people in church. And one of the people she talked to, sure enough, was my wife, Sherry. 
and got a group of people, Dave and Darian Kane, who worked for Frontiers Ministry then at the time. And so we sent a group of eight people, get this, to India, to the, what's the name of it? Hindustani Covenant Church in India to minister to those children and those people through Frontiers Ministry. We sent eight people from Hope Covenant Church to do that. How is it possible that a, a, a burden from a TV commercial turns into a ministry in Hindustani Covenant Church? That's what I'm talking about. Let your burden wreck you until you have to do something with it. How do I win one more person for Jesus Christ? How do I grow in my faith? What keeps me awake at night? Well, listen to this verse in Isaiah chapter 6. If, if you have your Bibles turned there, we're going to look at a couple of verses in Isaiah 6. The first one is Isaiah speaking. And so the cherubim and the, the cherubim and the seraphim come around him, and he just feels the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, a theophanies is what it would be called in the Old Testament, a preexistent appearance of God, and a theophanies, and he feels this. And so what does he feel? He feels shame. And he feels dirty, just like you do when you sin, and you just feel shame and dirty, and, and you say something like this, I've been a Christian since I was 16. How can, I, how can I still do that? How can I still say that? How can I still think that? That, that was Isaiah, okay? So listen to uh, verse 5 of chapter 6. Then I said, it's all over. <laughs> Isaiah could be a little dramatic, okay? okay. It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I hope there have been times in your life where you have felt that, the weight of your sin, right? I have filthy lips, and I live among people with filthy lips, period. Yet, <laughs> I have seen the king. I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Do not Get stuck in your sin. Confess it. Give it to God. And see the king. I have seen the king. You've heard this quote many times from the normal Christian life. How dare you presume that your sin is greater than the blood of Jesus? How dare you presume that something you have done is more powerful than the blood of Jesus. Because when you confess your sin, you see the king. You see your sin, you see your people, you see the king. The last thing I want to tell you about uh, what God wants from you today is to let your burden move you to action. You have to do something about it. A burden that is from God that is unattended, will simply become an annoyance. It'll just be a niggling thought. It'll just be saying, oh, I'll let somebody else take care of that. But God does not want that from you. God wants you to do something with that burden. How about Isaiah? This guy that felt so bad about himself. He felt so bad about his sin. Listen to verse 8. Then I heard the Lord asking. Remember, he said, I saw the king. After I recognized how sinful I was, I saw the king. Verse 8. 
Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Isaiah, here am I, send me. Not, here am I, send him. Here am I, send me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if God has blessed you with the burden, I pray with all my heart that you will feel the weight of that until God gives you an idea, a thought, a movement, something to act on. Because a piece of God's heart is in each and every one of you. And you need to let that burden be a blessing. Let him bless you. Let it ruin you. Let it move you to action. I'd like to ask the worship team to come forward. Um, I want to pray a prayer with you, over you. It's a Franciscan benediction. It's old. Uh, actually, it's ancient. And it's a benediction that um, have been being said in churches for many years. And yet, I don't know of more important prayer than this after the message that we have just heard. I'm going to pray it now, and then after the closing song, I want to pray it as a benediction over you. Listen to these words, Hope Covenant Church. These words are for you. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you can work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, and starvation, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. And listen, Hope Covenant Church, and may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. May you be blessed with a burden.